0: Hey motherfucker, I'm the boss around here. <laughs> Alright, I'm sleepy. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello,
0: hello,
1: hello, hello. All right, so episode 48.
0: Yes. Yes, the actually. new year
1: 2019. We've done this for almost a year.
0: Almost. So it's kind of crazy. Yep. Bananas.
1: Hey, so check out this news story. Check it out. World's oldest person ever, Jean Calment, may have been a fraud, researchers allege.
0: Yeah, I saw that headline. I didn't I didn't look.
1: Jean Calment, the French woman who holds the title as the world's oldest person, may have been a fraud, Russian researchers allege. Calment died in 1997 at the age of 122 years and 164 days. However, Nikolai Zak, a mathematician and a member of the Society of Naturalists of Moscow University, wrote in his study, quote, Jean Calment, the secret of longevity, that he believed the French woman took the identity of her mother.
0: Ah, bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he thinks he had long life. Uh, he told the uh, French press that he analyzed biographies, photos, and archives. No, Curly. From Arles, the city in southern France where Calment lived, and determined this conclusion. Gerontologist Valerie Novoselov re- supported his research. So according to an official doc- document, Kalman's daughter... Yvonne died of pleurisy, I don't know what that is, in it, 1934.
0: I think pleurisy is um, lung related.
1: However, really, this I'm is what's trying, happening, <laughs> this trying, is what's happening. I'm while trying to calm Crowley, down. lay down.
0: Come on, he came out from under the blanket.
1: Crowley is humping Maggie's arm right now. I'm
0: trying to calm down. In call a show of dominance. Down.
1: <laughs> lay go down.
0: Come on, under the blanket. Under the
1: blanket. Let's go. Calm yourself. He, Thank he, you. He just
0: had to get up a little bit and just show me that he's indeed show dominant. boss
1: real quick and then go to sleep.
0: <laughs> he's like, hey, motherfucker, I'm the boss around here. All right, <laughs> I'm sleepy.
1: All right, so uh, Zach believed that the mother, Jean Calment, Jean Calment died and Yvonne borrowed her identity. Borrowed. In order to avoid paying inheritance tax. Yeah, so that. So she was believed to actually been 99 when she died, not 122. That's still However, old. However, if if she is not the oldest living person, if that's true, then the oldest living person would be someone named Sarah Knauss, uh, who's an American. Uh, she died at the age of 119 in 1999, which is still insane. Right. Insanely long time to live.
0: That's still undesirable.
1: No thanks. All right, so I did something really stupid this week. Classic. I I went on Twitter and engaged with oh someone. My God,
0: that is so stupid. Twitter you I don't go on Twitter anymore. Yeah. For that very reason. Because it's stupid.
1: But I engaged with someone. And, and not because I don't go on there to rage, even though that Twitter is fueled by rage. That's what's that's the lifeblood of Twitter. I firmly believe that. I can't. However, I went on there. There was a comic book writer. Her name is Gail Simone. She tweeted something and I agreed with it. And what she tweeted was along the lines uh, she she's a really good comic book writer, one of my favorite comic book writers. And she tweeted that. Something along the lines of she doesn't like heroes who don't have real challenges. She likes heroes who face terrible odds and keep getting back up no matter what happens. And I, I just said yes, I do as well. This is why I don't like Rey in the new Star Wars movies. Oops. And this started. Oops, Daisy. The sensitive millennial types.
0: Did you can't awake? handle
1: that? The immediately awaken the Force. What's that?
0: Did you awaken the Force?
1: No. I awakened a, a bunch of know-it-all kids.
0: This the Force Awakens. Who immediately fam- got
1: upset that I I made this observation, and yeah, at no I- point attacked a real person. I want to point that out. I didn't attack Ryan Johnson, or J.J. Abrams, or Kathleen Kennedy. I I attacked these fictional characters, and these people got. I was immediately accused of being. Uh, uh, what do What's the? I don't know toxically masculine what do you call that oh
0: toxic masculinity fragile <laughs> yeah, masculinity but, like all how, that. but
1: i got accused i don't know like what the past tense of you know what i mean i i know how to accuse somebody of toxic masculinity oh what's you mean the past like, tense of
0: or you mean what's the noun? i was accused
1: of toxic masculinity okay yeah and literally just for saying that i thought kylo ren was a weak villain and ray was an overpowered hero I got a And oh, and that I the main reason, actually, that I got accused of toxic masculinity is because I said that Han Solo's death didn't move any characters or plot forward. It was just a shock device and also something they did because Harrison Ford didn't want to do any more movies. So
0: which is immediately
1: got called a neckbeard and toxically masculine <laughs> and. For that, just for that, I hadn't said anything disparate like that. You can go look at my Twitter replies and see. So that's immediately what happened. So I, I, I engaged with some of the people still for some reason, explaining some points. A couple people made like salient points. Most people just literally insulted me and called me names because I don't like a thing they like, which it, it was. Which, and it's funny because I know that's what happens on Twitter, but somehow it was still a learning experience. But I, I took all their negative energy and instead, I decided what I would do with that negative energy is create something positive, which is a treatment for Star Wars Episode 7 that's actually a good movie and a good Star Wars story.
0: Hooray. <laughs> Thanks, Twitter assholes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, first of all, let's address the Twitter situation. Okay. Let's talk about the fact the people who freaked out. Like, I didn't read through these tweets. Because I read you a few of them. Yeah, but I didn't read through the them. really
1: funny ones. Oh, I, I got to interrupt you real quick because I got I just remembered one where somebody jumped on and said that Ray did face real adversity and then she started listing things. She grew up alone in the desert, which was her choice. It Right. And, and, the, and but the final thing that she listed or one of the things she, that she listed that that stood out to me is that when she fought Kylo Ren, she got a gash on her arm. That's a direct quote from the tweet. And that was a big deal this is what millennials she think got a of big, she got a gash on her arm
0: she got a boo-boo
1: <laughs> so clearly ray has had it terribly terribly rough i don't think anybody's had a gash on their arm before
0: i've never gotten
1: a <laughs> no one has any scars i'm pretty sure
0: i've never had any boo
1: boos. <laughs> yeah that's that was like wow
0: i don't know how ray ever overcame any boo-boos
1: and also i just want to say too if you are a millennial and you're listening i'm sorry to lump you in i i know that there, uh, there's plenty of decent folks but it, it's you know i'm
0: all millennial right you're
1: a millennial yeah it's it's but there's clearly a very angry bullying segment of people who, who
0: that's what i don't that's what i'm getting ready to address like here's the thing there's this group of people
1: very mob-like mentality
0: on the internet
1: like a gang
0: <laughs> like a bikey gang <laughs> they're like a bikey gang out there And they're on Twitter and they're just sitting there waiting to pounce on people. Yes, but if you pounce on them, they play the victim.
1: They play the victim. Or one thing that I did is the person who called me a neckbeard and and toxic, toxically masculine. I immediately called them out for I said, oh, you're one of those self-righteous, hate filled people. I didn't realize that. I thought we were just having a conversation. They disappeared from the conversation. Did they delete
0: their stuff? I don't know. I didn't investigate. Because they tend to sometimes they do that. Yeah, I had a lot of people
1: delete stuff. I didn't delete any of my. The
0: second you call them out on being what they claim to hate, right? They they realize what they're doing and they they are ashamed. Yeah, that's what I don't understand about this new segment that has appeared. Yes, because it used to be where people were like. Oh, bullying is bad. We shouldn't bully. And then they would go into like schools and stuff and raise awareness on bullying, which is fine. It's
1: good. That's 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 a good thing. Bullying is bad.
0: It is bad. And you should raise awareness and don't bully. But now they're like, bullying is bad. And if you disagree with me, I'll fucking kick your teeth in you, (laughs) piece of shit.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the like, bullying is bad unless i'm the bully basically right. unless by me and my point of view like
0: if you disagree with me you four-eyed fucking neck beard and like and <laughs> like that's it's like yeah. this weird
1: it, 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 they have no self they lack total self-awareness right they do the, the, these these people this group
0: but it's especially prevalent on twitter
1: Yes. Or yeah,
0: I mean, it's the Internet in general, but it's especially prevalent on Twitter. So I stay off of Twitter because I don't need that kind of energy in my life. Like I.
1: Here's the thing with Twitter, too. I kind of understand it because you only have uh, such limited characters to express yourself. So you try to be as economical as possible with getting your point across. And so what I was saying definitely was coming across as short. I didn't throw any again. I didn't throw any insults in there uh, uh, against real people or Twitter users or anything. I was insulting this poorly written Movie and characters, which I'm allowed to do. People are allowed to be critical of cinema. I think people that's a thing. I think people make jobs out want, of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. right?
1: <laughs> and you're allowed to disagree. And people did disagree with me. And like I said, some of them made good points. That, but again, I and, I, and then I just I just backed off completely because I was like, okay, you know, there's always, it, it's stupid to argue on the internet with strangers. I already knew that going in, and and so I, I gave up pretty quickly after realizing it was just going to be. The uh, mob of torches and pitchforks because I think Kylo Ren sucks because I don't want to fuck him. So I guess I'm a piece of shit because they kept saying he was conflicted as a character. And I said, no, he's evil in a, a murderer and he committed patricide and he's committed all kinds of other murders. It makes him an evil character, which right. Darth Vader was, too. Right. I was like, and you can have, you know, depth to a character. I was like, however, to just call him conflicted. I, one of my arguments to that was were Manson's followers conflicted? Because they got life sentences for committing murder under the command of or the influence of of because they were saying that that what's his face Ray or no Ren was acting under, Snoke Snoke is the evil one. Kylo Ren's just conflicted, be nice to him because he wears high waisted pants and no shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just it was so ridiculous because it's like no, he's not conflict He can be conflicted and evil. However, he is evil. You have to acknowledge he could, there. And I, I kept saying he was irredeemable. After killing Han Solo, in which he is, sorry. And that because I like Han Solo, they said that was my
0: something about your male idol, masculine you
1: idol or something like that. Because and it was like I can't like a character in a movie. I can't you know what I mean? It was all attack. Attack, attack, attack. It is none of it made any actual sense. N- none of them were actually saying, you know what, you're right. This guy is totally incompetent as a villain. Dude, He's zero and he two. Was, he
0: like got his ass kicked by some chick who had just found a lightsaber like twenty five minutes beforehand. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he'd been training by a homeless girl, like, right? Who had
1: just picked up a lightsaber for the first time. Had a on her arm, and then like, well, they, everybody calmed down. <laughs> and then they were saying, "Well, he was wounded from killing his dad." It's like, okay, he right, also from knows killing his
0: dad. Like, let's talk about that for a second.
1: He also knows that Chewbacca and Han are pretty tight. So I'm sure he heard that Chewbacca yell right before <laughs> Chewie fired his fucking bowcaster at him. He had to expect that somewhat. <laughs> and in right? the first part of the movie, we show what he they show what he can do with a blaster bowl. He can just spend it in midair without even thinking about it, for the most part, yeah. while focusing his attention elsewhere. That well went out. The, it's just poor writing. It's poor writing. It doesn't make sense. It, right. He should have done that at that moment. And they're like, oh, he was conflicted. About, well, then he shouldn't have murdered his dad.
0: Right. That just showed. Well, whatever. Okay, we're not gonna talk about this. Right, this is so, about that. This is right, about this is, your treatment. Yes.
1: All right, but we I do want to recap The Force Awakens a we little just bit. Did. No, 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 no. Well, that, those are major scenes. I want to recap it in a more general sense, basically. Okay, so we all know it's it's essentially a remake of A New Hope in that the the whole the MacGuffin is this map to find Luke. Right, that's kind of the impetus, what sets all this stuff off. Yeah. And that would have been fine, except for the fact that there doesn't really ever seem to be a reason to find Luke. We're two movies in now. Why does the First Order want to find Luke and kill him? What He's not doing anything. Oh, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Again, poor writing. So I when I came up with and again, these are I, I have to defend what I've written here, because, again, I've written it in my spare time over the past two days and it's not a script at best, it's a first draft of, of an idea, you know, of, of a general plot. You know, it's the bones, it's, the, it's the bones of what could be a good episode seven, basically. There's no dialogue here, but it sets, uh, it establishes characters, it establishes setting, time period, and just the, the general plot, you know, what, what sets the events in motion. That That's basically here. And then Uh, uh, there's no real point to developing it further because it's not going to be a movie. (laughs) They already made episode seven.
0: Yeah, they already did that. They don't want my
1: input on this, but also the way I approached it was I approached it as if, if, uh, as if I was writing this in 2013, 2014 before force awakens, meaning I don't have the knowledge that Carrie Fisher is going to die the same as them. I tried to put myself in the same shoes that those writers were in.
0: Oh, like as if she can go on and make more movies. Instead right. Of...
1: I, yeah, I don't. Uh, so I'm writing this again. I don't want to give myself any knowledge that they didn't have prior to Force Awakens, because that's not fair, in my opinion, that I want to put myself Remember on the that same fucking footing. Scene
0: where she's just like, we are very or That was so terrible. No, we'll get
1: to that. So, so the impetus.
0: Oh, Jesus. Behind Christ. this movie
1: is they want to find luke skywalker really 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 bad also they have made another death star because death stars
0: there is a reason why why because he wanted to kill him
1: okay but you're going to use your entire military force to find and
0: yeah why though
1: they want to kill him though because they think he's a threat he's not a threat
0: Right, but Kylo Ren, had, he's really dumb. I don't know if you know this. But he's Snoke was in mature. charge
1: at this point, and he's General Hux. Super,
0: he's Hux. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking guy.
1: So their whole, but, just wanting, to, and revenge is a fine thing, but when you're talking about a whole organized military that has the funds to build something that can destroy an entire planet, why are you wasting your time on this map? Especially when you have the map of the entire galaxy, except for the little section is the... Is is cut out? That's they show a this. Bad
0: movie.
1: The section is cut out where the system where Luke is. So just point your Star Killer at that system and just start destroying planets. They don't seem to care which planets they destroy. It Aww, it, it just it's to all
0: to the porks are there.
1: <laughs> so, but it's again. It, I, I'm not I, I'm not at because again this this isn't this isn't like high level pulp fiction writing that I have here either. This is definitely fits into the Star Wars. Type of writing, which is a throwback to the serials and 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 pulp comics of the 40s and 50s is, is what that is, that type of action. You have the good guys winning, things like that. So, all right. So, again, because this because they made episode seven and it came out in 2015, I also set my movie uh, as if it was written to come out in 2015, meaning Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill are all. Aged, they've aged thirty some years since Return of the Jedi.
0: gary Fisher is alive for example. So there's
1: also, and if if you want to read something, if you want to, if you if you give a shit, you can read the Thrawn trilogy, which takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi, which is not canon anymore. But that would have been a good movie to make, say, back in 1990. Start there. That was a really good series. They could have done that. So this is so minus set thirty years after Return of the Jedi, like Force Awakens.
0: And with this, we turn into a fanfic podcast. Go ahead.
1: All right. Well, th- that's true. However, th- all all this is fanfic. If it's not written by George Lucas, it's all fan fiction. That's if if you didn't, you know,
0: aren't all movies fan fiction?
1: Well, I mean, now, no. If they're <laughs> written by the creator, then that that's not the fan. That's the creator writing George Lucas created Star Wars, so anybody else. Hire, and that goes for comic books and books and everything. You know, if pe- people add on oh. to the born. I
0: immediately regret my decision for opening (laughs) this (laughs) i'm just
1: saying that's if the creator isn't writing it then it's fan fiction it just is even if they're hired to do it it's still a fan writing it it's no longer the creator doing it good lord (laughs) so i i I feel like this is no different than people who write the current run of star wars comic books the people who who are hired to write the novels just the same as they hired people to write the screenplay for episode seven they just didn't hire me is all so
0: my fan fiction you also didn't pitch it
1: is just as good as their fan fiction That's why actually this is a about. lot better so han and leia are together they have a daughter named jaina now here's the other thing i did i took stuff from the expanded universe novels that because there's good stuff in there and disney has access to it and they're they're cherry picking stuff too like they're going to introduce well they've reintroduced thrawn in the star wars rebels tv series And it looks like Richard Grant is going to play him in episode nine. So they're cherry picking stuff as well from the expanded universe while at the same time saying none of that is canon. But they're lifting. So I'm lifting stuff from there, too. So in the expanded universe, Han and Leia actually had three kids. They had twins named Jason and Jaina and a son named Anakin. And they. Yeah,
0: who the fuck's Kylo Ren?
1: That's all the expanded universe. Kylo Ren was written. they, they, They trashed the whole expanded universe and started over with episode seven. Ah, so bullshit. So I'm just I'm picking Jaina. I'm not doing Jason and Jaina or Anakin. So they have a daughter named Jaina. She's uh, in her late teens, early 20s and training. She's been training under Luke at his Jedi Temple, which is established, which which he has reestablished on Coruscant. Leia is the chief of state of the New Republic, which is like the president, president of books. No, (laughs) (laughs) but no. So she's she's in charge. Han is a master sergeant in the New Republic Starfighter Corps because he I, I did that be, even though he could be a general or whatever. He he's he's uh, he's one of those guys that wants to be out doing stuff. So he wants to train the guys. He wants to be on the mission. I don't
0: know. He's kind of old.
1: He is old, but that's how he is, though. He's it's just his personality. All right. So Luke has senses of of dark forces gathering like he, he can sense a disturbance in the force, so to speak. And so he's aware of something, uh, as they say in, in Phantom Menace, something elsewhere, elusive Just But there's dark forces gathering and he warns Leia. He's like, hey, don't
0: fucking quote Phantom Menace at me.
1: <laughs> I'll quote all the Star Wars at you. That's what I do. So
0: don't quote, quote fucking prequels at me. So so he here.
1: he warns Leia that, hey, I, I sense Sith like energy in the force we we need to gather, we need to establish our, our army and stuff. So so she already has spies out in the galaxy, of course, because she's smart. She understands that even though it's a time of peace, you you got to stay sharp, you know?
0: Right. Everything's always...
1: So she has spies out searching for info on a potential Sith uprising. She's in talks with, with the Senate. Uh, to, she wants funding to beef up their military, and they're resistant to doing so because... It's time of peace. They've been at peace for like 25, 30 years or whatever. They don't want to do that. So she's at odds. And, you know, they're complacent and happy and rich. And meanwhile, she she trusts her brother. All she has to go on, really, she doesn't have any concrete information from her spies. But her brother, who's strong in the force, which most people don't believe in, is telling her, you know, we need to prep up for this shit.
0: Is she like the last Jedi still?
1: No, he has an academy. He's training, actively training. Oh,
0: yeah. You already said that.
1: And Jaina, their daughter, is one of them. So uh, we're introduced to a, one of her spies named Tycho. He's he's act, he's successfully infiltrated a suspected Sith cell. Now, the Sith in this, because the Sith were basically destroyed and their whole thing used to be that there's there can only be two at a time. This is they're kind of I would compare the Sith at this point, almost to like terrorist cells, like they're they're oh. gathering slowly. And they're actually going back to the old Republic ways where there's actually like an army of Sith instead of just two. So, yeah.
0: That's bad.
1: Yeah. But you're intrigued. Look, you're you're hooked. <laughs> you're interested.
0: I'm like, well, that's bad news.
1: So Tycho, who is is with the New Republic, is it has infiltrated. And I'm not going to get into like specifics of stuff i don't have all that worked out again this was over two days this is something that would work out with a screenwriter and a director which of course would be john favreau as, as director and lawrence Kasdan would be the screenwriter and we yeah, would all lawrence collaborate Kasdan.
0: i bet yeah i bet he's just gonna be like yeah let's we go. would
1: all put this together john either john favreau or the russo brothers either of those would be great for the directors russo
0: brothers would be great yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah and i like john favreau a lot too plus he's doing the mandalorian and that's probably going to be good So anyway, so we'd work out dialogue and everything like that. So but anyway, he gets found out as or uh, they realize that he's a spy. And so now we have big action scene. He has to escape because he's going to die. So he's a spy and a pilot. So we have a big action scene with with X-Wing and TIE fighters and stuff. And their TIE fighters are kind of like. Junky, like because the, they're they're salvaged from you know they they scrapped a lot of the stuff and you know so they're what they can salvage and they they even have some x-wings and stuff like that but he basically escapes but he he crash lands on a planet that's that's not uh super inhabited you know it's kind of like a wyoming and not a new york you know what i mean so okay <laughs> <laughs> so he's there and he's trying to establish contact because he has found a Sith cell. They exist. He needs to get this information back to Leia on Coruscant, right? So across the galaxy, on Korriban 2, which is of course the Sith planet, the original Sith planet was called Korriban, but this is Korriban 2. They've had to rebuild. Um, Darth Malgus.
0: It's like New New
1: York. There's a a (laughs) new Darth and his name is Darth Malgus. And we find out he was actually Vader's secret apprentice. Vader had taken on a secret apprentice that we didn't know about
0: feel like that's is that from a book or is that you? that's
1: from uh the force unleashed games darth had a secret but that wasn't his name his name was star killer it was a whole different story and he actually turned out to be a good guy but the idea of him having a secret apprentice is from the force unleashed i uh, feel games. like
0: that's a cheap writing thing
1: that's fine you can feel that way <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind it's star wars they they just did a whole movie star they just did two actually. movies where the good guys win both times, and we're still supposed to think that somehow the bad guys are, are going to win in the third one.
0: Yeah, the, okay.
1: So, I yeah, it is, but so Vader has a secret apprentice, or had a secret apprentice. His name was Darth Malgus, and he's been the one who's kind of overseeing this uprising of the Sith, and he has an apprentice as well who's named Scython Gore. Scython? Scython Gore, yes. That's his, that's his Darth Vader, so to speak. Like, okay. Darth Malgus is more like the Emperor... And uh Scythe and Gore is more like his hand. Yeah, you know, I get he's, it. He's, he's the guy with the lightsaber and everything. So uh, now Luke is very powerful in the force. He's a lot like Yoda was when we met him on Dagobah. Like, he, you don't even see him carrying a lightsaber and things like that. He's just he, he's so in tune with the force he just he can defend himself with with using the force everything like that he also has a staff of instructors of, of different races the to the twi'leks the wookies the zabrek rodians and other races are all instructors underneath them and stuff like that so you see a lot of them wandering i never around thought
0: temple. this information like all this knowledge that you have acquired over 42 years i never thought that this would come in handy <laughs> i still i'm not convinced <laughs> that it's handy but at least you're using it for something
1: all right, so Han and Leia are visiting uh, Jaina and Luke, in in the uh, on Coruscant, in the temple, right? And they're discussing.
0: Oz, bring your parents to school day.
1: Han, Han, and Luke and Leia are discussing the whole fact that Luke is like, you know, there something is coming. We need to prepare, right? And this is where we get the reunion of Han, Luke, and Leia, which we were so fucking denied by J.J. J. Abrams' stupid ass who thought, oh yeah, I got these three actors together including a guy who said he would never be in a Star Wars movie again. Let's not get them in the same room in the movie.
0: There's the bullying. Okay, so. got it.
1: <laughs> it's a terrible idea. It's I, yeah. Why would you do that? But I I didn't say to do anything to J.J. J. Abrams but he, it's a terrible thing he did. Terrible, terrible. And in in the, the vein of what millennials do, we should punish him forever and he should apologize every day for what he has done because that's what you do to people when they've committed something wrong that's not actually breaking the law but they see it as a terrible terrible crime so you're supposed to apologize incessantly for it like kevin hart is supposed to apologize for his tweets every single day now <laughs> until he dies because that's the only thing left to do so i guess we should apply that to jj abrams and he should apply or and he should have to pay apologize his every yes. day for for robbing us of that so we get to see han and leia and luke together and while they're there all of a sudden alarms start going off everything the first wave of sith invaders has arrived like they're oh, invading well, coruscant that's,
0: that's some kind of timing yeah they're invading ah.
1: coruscant right and this and is, they, this is to...
0: classic star wars yeah <laughs> of course
1: yeah so so han and chewie of course hop in the millennium falcon of course they and do. he leads his squadron this is classic of x-wings and so we shit. get another big action scene of yeah. uh x-wings and tie fighters again they're kind of junky tie fighters and stuff now nobody really knows why why are they invading coruscant what's the point of this right it's the capital, everything like that. All right, so there's big there's big battle in the sky, pew pew, right? But we, we get a we get a ground force. The ground force, the, the Sith warriors aren't really true Sith, you know they, they so they have lightsabers and lightsaber like weapons, but they also have blasters. They also have put uh, a lot of old stormtrooper armor, so they're like, kind of like a cross between Sith and stormtroopers, and and but it, there's quite a bit of them, and they're they're storming the Jedi temple. Luke and his and all his Jedi leap into action. Of course, we get to see Luke fuck people up with his fucking badass force powers. Right, and you
0: would clap like you did with that one time Yoda fought.
1: Exactly, it's exciting, and you get yeah. to see Luke fight. And he's just he's just using the force. He's he's tossing people. Um, he, he's maybe I think he would use force lightning. That's the thing that, that's always been associated with the Sith. But I, I think in a desperate time he might use it. But he's basically just using the Force to toss people and and do all kinds of badass stuff, and he's not really using a lightsaber or anything like that. So then Sith and Gore shows up. He's the one leading the charge, and he ends up battling Luke, and they end up having. And Luke all of a sudden busts out a lightsaber, which is of course awesome. Get a fucking lightsaber fight with two experienced with a Jedi and a fucking Sith, and they're gonna fucking go at it. So that's a badass fight scene. Goes on for a little bit. However. Scythe and Gore prevails. Luke is killed. Oh, yeah. Luke dies. It's kind of like the Obi-Wan thing. But Luke, Luke dies, the most powerful. So this establishes Sith and Gore as a very, very powerful, scary enemy. He just took out Luke fucking Skywalker in his own temple, right? What the fuck? Now, why are these guys even there? The reason they're there is they need the Jedi techs because they they want to train. They want to adapt them for Sith training and create a true army of Sith. And they want to they want to take the Jedi oh, text.
0: You actually have a reason. Yeah. OK,
1: so and then after Luke is killed, all of a sudden Leia, who's just been, you know, chief of state, she, she busts married? out fucking force lightning and fucks this dude up. She's because oh. she can manifest. She's very powerful in the force as well. And instead of just floating through the sky like Mary Poppins, yeah. she does some badass shit. She fucks this guy up. It ends up scarring him heavily, but he escapes due to a distraction or something you know again i haven't gotten into the finer details of it but yeah. he ends up escaping with the uh with the jedi text so now we're left in a situation he's heading back to korriban 2 to report to darth Malgus, and now we have basically what we're establishing is jana and tycho are our main going to be our main characters going forward jana is a jedi tycho is a spy and a, a pilot and so it kind of ends on that note Luke, luke's luke's dead
0: that feels very uh rogue one
1: so, but what do you think compared to Force Awakens?
0: That's sounds. There's way no better. Death
1: Star. They didn't manage to get. So it's more about the uprising of the Sith and establishing it. They're not at a point where.
0: And it ends on a bad note. Yeah, which is important.
1: So yeah, I Luke. Think. Luke is Luke is dead. Um, I'm thinking maybe he sacrifices himself in some way, kind of like Obi Wan to. Or
0: Obi wans just like to help
1: to facilitate somebody yeah. escaping or something like that. I, again, I don't have the particulars of that all worked out and that it would be a collaborative thing. But basically, you get, you get your starfighter battles, you get your fucking lightsaber battles. There'd be huge lightsaber fights going on during the Jedi Temple. You get to see Luke be a badass. You get to see Luke Han and Leia together, and you establish a villain who is competent and scary. Done. Blows Force Awakens out of the fucking water. So...
0: Yeah, that would have been good.
1: So yeah, that's. So yeah, like I said, when you, when you think about Force Awakens and what they used as their device, which is trying to find Luke for some reason, who's just trying to hide, has no interest in helping. Even when they send someone to beg him for help, he's like, nah.
0: Right. That's not <laughs> Luke Skywalker at all. Right. He was just like, nah. I want to drink this weird fucking green milk.
1: See, and I had other versions too that I was writing where uh, one of his. One of his Jedi instructors, I, the Rodian, actually turned out to be the offspring of, of Greedo seeking revenge. But I, I threw that out. I was like, that's a little hacky, you know, but i I'll, uh, Oh, yeah, the Rodian. Yeah, the Rodian, of course. Yeah, well, obvious, a of course. So,
0: I that would have been obvious. <laughs> Everyone would have seen that coming.
1: I think Star Wars fans would have been highly suspicious of the Rodian.
0: Oh uh, Yeah. Highly suspicious.
1: Yes. So, but yeah, we get to see Luke fuck people up. But then when he dies, it's like, holy shit, this guy's a badass.
0: Highly suspicious. I really want to see my
1: movie, really, really badly.
0: So bad. <laughs> I want to see my movie. <laughs> I see it
1: so bad. But yeah, the, the, the trilogy would be more about, you know, the rise of this new uh, Sith Empire or whatever you want to call it, as as opposed to they're just you, you walk into Episode Seven and there's a third fucking Death Star bigger than the entire galaxy sitting there. I don't understand there. that. Yeah. Like, and meanwhile they're hunting for one man that can destroy entire planets and move this thing around.
0: Like, what is the pitch meeting for another fucking Death Star? <laughs> well, that's, that's what I always yeah, said. Yeah. Like, like, how
1: do you get the funding for that?
0: Jesus Christ.
1: I guess their government would have been shut down for a while trying to decide on that. Really? Right. We want a
0: third Death Star?
1: We have been over this. Like, <laughs> we know what happens. And lo and behold, look what happened.
0: <laughs> like, right? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that.
1: Was that good? Like, you gotta be honest. You yeah, that was, That's was the first solid. revealed it to That was you. a
0: that was solid. That was very Star Wars. Yeah, it was Star Wars. I'm a fan. Yeah, like
1: they didn't hire fans really to do the movies, and I'm a fan. I think sometimes fan fiction, which again, everything is fan fiction if it's not by the creator, and that was the other thing too. I wanted to stay true to George Lucas's version of what Star Wars is, and also like he he wanted. The 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 sequels to have um, a female Jedi lead, so that's that's why I went with with uh, Jaina, and like I said, I eliminated their other two children or whatever. But uh, that's that's the whole. Re- I was like, so we'll get Tycho as the spy pilot, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't come up with a third character, but again, it, it's not actually being made. What I, I feel like, what I have. At risk of sounding terribly arrogant, which, as you know, I am not confident in my work at all. Typically, yeah, like when I write and things like that, I I'm not. But this, it because I have something to compare it to. I'm like, oh, this is leaps and bounds better than what exists.
0: Right, I would see that over yeah over what's out any day. Sounds significantly better. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. <laughs>
1: But you got to, this is your audience now. Like my right. audience, I have, we have a different audience, I think. I think there's some overlap, but I think you have your audience. I have well, mine's audience. just
0: information. I think, gonna... like,
1: your audience is kind of fast-forwarding through my shit, and they've gotten to this point, and they're like, when is Maggie going to start talking?
0: All right, Well, well, see, what happened was I, okay, so here's for my part. My kids wouldn't stop talking about sicko mode,
1: (laughs) which is a song by somebody named Travis Scott.
0: Yeah, which is a song by Travis Scott.
1: That's something I just found out. So I'm sharing it. So I'm guessing other people didn't know that
0: either. So my kids would not stop talking about sicko mode, which made us turn on 90s hip hop.
1: Oh, is this going to be about 90s hip hop?
0: It's going to be about Dr. Dre.
1: Oh, cool. So you should have watched that thing on HBO. I watched about him and uh, the guy. I forget his partner now.
0: What, for Beats by Dre?
1: Yeah. He he was a producer. I forget the other guy. Anyway,
0: so I didn't see straight out of Compton. I didn't see any of that. This is all from. uh, This is all from Wikipedia. Okay. because I was like, I don't really know much about Dr. Dre. Yeah. All I know is that he was apparently everywhere in the 90s. He disappeared. He came back and he marketed the shit out of some headphones, sold them to Apple. And now he's rich. Well, I mean he was originally anyway, but so. he sold
1: the, his Beats platform, which I don't know if you remember that was a Spotify like platform.
0: He sold the platform and the headphones.
1: Yeah. Well he, he sold held the brand. Yeah. But I think it was that platform they were interested in most. And they they and literally him. turned that into And him. Apple Music. Because I, I remember because I signed I up for Beats because I was cause he collaborated with Trent Reznor on that. So I was like, Oh, let me let me check this out.
0: Did you wanna do my topic though? No, or? sorry.
1: I just have some sorry, it's exciting stuff when I know about what you're talking about.
0: Well, I'm not really going to go into the platform, so you can talk about the platform. Oh,
1: okay. But the whole thing with Apple Music is, like, they have these... And I don't know how it is now, but when you first sign up, they have, like, these bubbles of different genres. And you would you would swipe away the ones you didn't like. And let yeah. Them. And when I remember when I signed in Apple Music the first time, I'm like, this is just like... And I didn't know that they had acquired Beats. I was like, this yeah. is just, like, the Beats platform. That's so weird. Yeah. And then I, you know, I found out why later. i like, right. oh, that makes sense now. All right. I'll leave you alone. Okay.
0: So, Dr. Dre... We all know he's the founder and CEO of Aftermath Entertainment and Beats. He was previously the co-owner of Death Row Records, and he did like a whole bunch of shit. So right now his net worth is at about $770 million. He's trying. To, he's trying to get to the billion dollar mark. That's like his goal. Dr. Dre has six children, and I'm only touching on this because it's interesting to me. Because it was like I read like fifty facts, like you forgot about Dre, like that was like the headline. It was a Buzzfeed article. No, it oh. was it was one of those. It was actually released to promote the Compton thing. But oh, okay, um, he has six children: four sons, two daughters, by five different women. <laughs> he has a son called Curtis Young. I am
1: slacking on my pimping.
0: You are slacking on your pimping. You are so far I just behind. Have the
1: two kids and the one lady. You're <laughs> so it. far
0: behind on the pimping. So. Um, he has the six, six children, five different women, Curtis Young, followed by a daughter, LaTanya, then a son called Andre Young Jr., who has since died. Oh. Um, then he has some, he has a son and then he has a couple kids with his current wife. But he, his first son he had when he was 16. Oh. And he didn't see him on for 20 years. He was raised by his mother. Nice. Yeah, and he's a rapper. You know I love
1: deadbeat dads.
0: He's a rapper. Curtis is a rapper under the name of Hood Surgeon. Hmm. In 2008, Dre's 20-year-old son, Andre Jr., died of a drug overdose. Ugh. Yeah. So he was found dead in Dre's home from uh, heroin and morphine. Overdose. All right. So Dr. Dre getting a start. 1986. He met a rapper named O'Shea Jackson. Do you know who that is? No. That is Ice Cube. Oh. So he collaborated with Dr. Dre on uh, some songs for Ruthless Records. It was a hip hop label ran by Eazy E. And uh, West Coast rapper named Ice T. So they basically started up that whole, you know, crazy shoot 'em up, Gangsta kill the rap. cops, gangster rap Gangsta stuff. Rap. Yep. And they favored themes and uncompromising lyrics, such as violent intercity street lyrics, <laughs> propelled by the hit Fuck the Police, the group's. First album, Straight Out of Compton, became a major success despite the almost complete absence of radio play. The FBI sent Ruthless Records a warning letter in response to the song's content. <laughs> After Ice Cube left the NWA in 1989 over financial disputes, Dr. Dre produced and performed much of the music's second or the music group's second album. After a dispute with the EZE, Dre left the group in 91 after, or I'm sorry, under the advice of the f- of a friend, Suge Knight. Sure, Knight,
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: Yep. Suge Knight was a strong man and intimidator, and he had EZE release Dr. Dre from his contract. So they then founded Death Row Records. Yeet. Yeah. In 92...
1: Smoke weed every day.
0: <laughs> that's like, like last <laughs> night I was like, what is what's happening here? <laughs> so that's why I was like, yeah, I'm doing Dr. Dre. So in '92, Dre released his first single. And it was the title track to the film Deep Cover. And it was a collaboration with Snoop Dogg, who he met through Warren G. Dre's debut was a solo album called The Chronic. The Chronic. Mm-hmm was released under Death Row Records with Suge Knight as executive producer. And it ushered in a new style of rap, both in musical terms and lyrical content. So at this point, this is when he started working with like Snoop Dogg and Nate Dogg, all the dogs,
1: all the dogs, all the all all the the dogs, (laughs) the ices and the dogs.
0: Well, there was like some stuff there was never an ice
1: dog rapper.
0: Well, there were like people that I didn't no, but I also wasn't like 92. I was 11. Yeah. Was, but it was like Corrupt, Daz Dillinger, RBX, The Lady of Rage.
1: Lady of Rage. I remember I, Lady
0: I, of Rage. I, I, yeah, I don't. The, on the strengths of such singles as Nothing But a G Thing, Let Me Ride, Fuck With Dre Day, known as Dre Day for the radio, <laughs> and all of which uh, feature Snoop Dogg as a guest vocalist, Chronic became a cultural phenomenon and G-funk sound dominated much of hip hop for early ni- the early 90s. In 93, Recording Industry Association of America certified the album as triple platinum. Nice. Yeah. And Dre won a, won a Grammy for best rap solo performance for the performance on Let Me Ride. Billboard magazine also ranked Dr. Dre as eighth best-selling Musical artist and the Chronic as the best sixth best selling album, and Nothing But a G Thing as the 11th best selling single in '95. Death Row Records signed Tupac, yeah, and began to position him as their major star. He collaborated with Dr. Dre on a commercially successful California Love, which became both artists' first song. To, hit, to top the billboards hot one hundred.
1: That that was a huge hit.
0: California love. Uh, yeah.
1: Who, who did the the synth stuff? Roger and what were those guys' names?
0: Roger and Hammers- Hammerstein?
1: No. There's guys that they did that synthesized voice oh, stuff. I don't know. That was like their whole thing and they had them do or they sampled them for that song.
0: They're not on here. Can't remember. Um, however, in March ninety six um, Dr. Dre left the label amidst contract disputes and growing concerns that Suge Knight was corrupt, financially dishonest, and out of control. Later that, that year, that seems
1: unfounded. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Later that year, he formed his own label, Aftermath Entertainment, under the distribution label for Death Row Records, Interscope Records.
1: It's a shame Aftermath never found a, uh, an artist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interscope Records. Uh, subsequently, Death Row Records suffered poor sales in 97, especially following the death of Tupac. And racketeering charges brought up against uh, Sugar Knight. He co-produced... What the fuck
1: is racketeering?
0: Oh, I don't know. I Remember could probably when,
1: when, when Liz Lemon says that to Jack Donaghy? Mm-hmm. What is racketeering? Like, no one no, knows. Lemons. Nobody
0: knows. <laughs> he co-produced six tracks on landmark, Eminem's landmark Marshall Mathers LP, including the Grammy-winning lead single, A Real Slim Shady. The album itself earned a Grammy and proved to be the fastest-selling rap album of all, all time, moving 1.76 million units in its first week alone. Dr. That's
1: crazy for a debut album.
0: Dude, and you know that, and I'm sure you know this, I, I didn't add it in here, that Dre didn't know that Eminem was white when he signed him?
1: No, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I didn't know that.
0: I had read it a couple different places. I thought I
1: always everything I've always read was like he knew and he knew that that was going to be a big commodity.
0: No, like when when they talked over the phone, like when he first, like he didn't know. Okay,
1: until he like flew him out. Yeah, until he
0: like, met him, and he was like, "Well, okay, so it's on face." He was like okay, and he was like, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> like, well, let's do this. Yeah, so. Dr Dre was the executive producer of Eminem's 2002 release, The Eminem Show. He produced three songs on the album, of which one of which was released as a single, and he appeared in the award-winning video "Without Me," which I love. Like, yeah. uh, I like Eminem a lot. <laughs> then a bunch of shit happened that I don't remember happening. Yeah. Like in Dr Dre's life, like I went and I read about it. And it was like, shit, he did a bunch of stuff with, like, Justin Timberlake and Missy Elliott. As a
1: producer, probably, right? Yeah, it was, like, from 2001. he was very... After The Chronic, you didn't hear him on albums except for, like, guest spots occasionally. He was,
0: like, doing stuff behind the scenes. From, like, 2001. I mean, he did stuff with Eminem from, like, 2001, 2000, 2002, 2000, like, all that time. Yeah. But then, like, he did some stuff with Coachella. Okay. And it was, like... I read about it, and I was like, I'm not even talking about this. Like, it's not interesting. But then the headphone shit happened, and the and the platform happened with, with Beats. So the headphones themselves aren't that good, the Beats headphones. I don't
1: know if you have this information, but he was always interested in high-quality sound, which is one of the reasons people liked him as a producer. One of the reasons not, but yeah. he was always trying to find a better better way to hear stuff, a better way to record stuff, everything like that.
0: Yeah, and people liked his headphones. But the, the it's more thing... more of a
1: branding th- thing, probably.
0: It was more of the fact that he had them on everybody's fucking neck.
1: Yes. You saw he them got them
0: on everyone. Every red carpet, everyone had them on their neck. Yeah. And he got them fucking everywhere. So in 2014, he sold... Everything about Beats, the whole company, Yes. to Apple.
1: Jimmy Iovine, that was his partner. Yeah. I can remember. That's the guy from Interscope Records that he worked with. Yeah. Yeah, that's the guy that's on the special.
0: Oh, like, oh I, knew, I, I knew that. Oh, okay. Um, so he sold it to Apple, him and Jimmy Iovine, sold yeah. the company to Apple in 2014 for a total between the, between the whole company. Yeah. Sold it to $3, million, 3 billion. <sighs> $2.6 billion in cash. Four million in Apple stock. Four hundred million, sorry, yeah, four hundred million in Apple stock, and then the two of them had positions at Apple. Yes. So they, um, Tim Cook was said that oh, you know, like they're they're like finding grains of sand on the beach, and they're so unique and blah blah blah, but the sound quality itself is not that great. It's truly a marketing sensation. I thought people
1: liked it because they were really, really bass heavy is what I've heard from people.
0: Well, we used to. I don't know if you remember when I had HTC before they went with Apple. Yeah, they were HTC. They marketed with HTC before Uh, they went exclusively with Apple. Yeah, they were an HTC product. Okay. so we're talking like 2012.
1: Yeah.
0: And I had beats on my HTC phones cuz yeah. I had an HTC 1M8 and, that and phone then it was 1M9. really loud. I will say that. I had an option on my phone to turn up my beats bass. Yes. Cuz I had beats on my phone. Yeah. And when I would do that, it would kick up the it would kick up the bass.
1: Yeah. And
0: I it, was, that. It, it, was, it was it was it was nice like you could hear my phone in another room. Yeah. But it was truly a marketing sensation that they created. Yeah. That that's what made beats headphones what they are, but looking at their the the money that that Apple paid them because Dre in 2014 was talking about how he's he's like the you know he's a billionaire now well he's not oh. as I mentioned he's at
1: 770
0: oh yeah so poor guy Uncle Sam took his cut an estimated 33 percent oof yeah leaving um them with well leaving Dre I should say with. Uh, Five hundred million dollar payout for his beat stake. That's still so Forbes. Pyramid. No, I'm not saying he's bad. So Forbes, Forbes says that it was about a hundred million dollars more than they figured that 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 deal would be worth. And he also sold a Hollywood Hills home. So like that area that we stayed in when we were in California. Yeah, that's the neighborhood that he was living in. Hollywood Hills, literally where we stayed, is Hmm. the same neighborhood he was staying in. That's weird. Yeah. So that lifted his total to $700 million. And he bought a new home in Brentwood for $40 million after the deal was announced. So this is in 2014. And he is still a little behind Diddy. As far as income goes, but I
1: think he, he's, doing um, all
0: right. he's he's <laughs> he's he's doing trying right. really hard to hit. How many
1: kookaroos does he go?
0: He's trying really hard to be hip hop's first billionaire. Oh, OK. That's his goal. He's announced it multiple times that he's yeah. trying to be the first hip hop's first billionaire.
1: Yeah, You should watch the HBO thing. That was really interesting. I haven't watched
0: anything on him. like that's in full disclosure. I haven't watched a damn thing. I really like that. That was good shit. Yeah. This all came because I'm working on a pretty, I have a lot of projects I'm working on right now. Yeah. Self promotion moment. I'm working on a class for my business. And I'm working on um, a lot of design projects for people. And I'm working on like a new website launch for one of my clients. I'm working on a lot of things. Yeah. And when I work on website launches because they're coding, I listen to music. Yeah. As opposed to other things where I listen to like motivational stuff. Yeah. So last night I was listening to '90s hip hop because of Travis Scott and Sickle Mode, I and know. how it's such garbage compared to so '90s hip hop.
1: Boring and lame.
0: It's just garbage compared to what 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 we listened to when we were kids. So yeah, I was I was rocking out to good music. Our cat clearly needs out of the other room. That picks up on the <laughs> that meowing funny. will pick up on the recording.
1: And Sam, of course, is intrigued. Okay, then I guess we'll wrap it up.
0: Yeah. So. so I am very impressed. I think you should consider writing more things like that because that's very good.
1: Thank you. I would love to hear feedback from people too, even if you're just like, it stinks. I'm going to do the John Lovitz critic thing. <laughs> uh,
0: Our audience is too young to get that, but that's, <laughs> that's solid.
1: Yeah, I would love to hear feedback though. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be dissenting opinions. As far as if it would be better than Force Awakens, but I I can say this, in full confidence, it would be so much better than Force Awakens. It it doesn't matter actually what anyone thinks. Like if it was done correctly, if I got to collaborate with Lawrence Kasdan, and either the Russo brothers or John Favreau,
0: I also think it would be amazing. Here's the other thing I think, and um, my one of the things I want to plant my flag in, yeah we should silence wrong opinions like saying <laughs> silence the other- wrong
1: opinions yeah. yes <laughs> like we were
0: talking about the and other day and then make
1: people apologize constantly for them yeah. yes no i i Pl- i do i would love to hear what people think i'm just uh, especially like star wars fans yeah if you what they what they think if of you that don't idea agree you're Awakening. probably
0: wrong i just feel i have a hard
1: time as a star wars fan like how could you not want to see lightsaber battles and Dude, luke skywalker in a lightsaber battle and it's
0: funny cuz like you're a Star Wars fan. I'm a casual Star Wars fan, I guess. Yeah. Real casual. And uh, that was so Star Wars. Right. That, like, I could see it. Yeah. I could see it.
1: I do want to say, too, I, I would totally, if I, if I did have collaborators and it was actually something that could have been made before they ruined Star Wars. I would have absolutely been open to suggestion, too, because, again, that is stuff that is something I just banged out over two days in my spare time. So I know it could be workshopped and improved and and in many different ways.
0: But that should also tell you how much potential that you have as a writer in general. Just saying,
1: I appreciate that. I'm curious what other people think as well, what, the, what Star Wars fans think.
0: I was going to say, real don't, Star Wars fans. don't uh, hang your not, head on what other people think, because no, no, no. I, I'm curious what you. real
1: Star Wars fans think. And what by real, what I mean is not people who just are in it for Kylo Ren or whatever.
0: Twitter should show you that what other people think does not matter.
1: Oh, well, I don't. Those aren't Star Wars fans.
0: Those people. <laughs>
1: those are people who are worried about having super correct opinions about things and assuming that someone who disagrees with them is some kind of uh, evil. I don't know. Hate like somebody that hates women or sensitive men or whatever because they disagree about a Star Wars movie, which is not why I hate Star the the new Star Wars movies. Is it's just the quality of the writing and the complete and utter disrespect for what has come before. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like that's uh that's all it.
1: it has there's no there's no political stance is what i'm trying to say in my hatred for the new star wars movies i mean i could get into that i could you know that that is something that i have addressed is that they have brought in modern political correctness to the movies but the crux of what's wrong with the movies is that at their heart they're not concerned with being star wars movies
0: have you seen our puppers yes our dogs are waking up so all right we need to let's get go
1: going. so i can get editing
0: all right. Yeah. Sean edits now. So if you guys have any feedback.
1: I don't want to hear it. I don't care.
0: Sean doesn't care. <laughs> so Sean's taking over the podcast stuff because I'm I'm busy. So Sean is Sean is your podcast guy now. It's Thanks fantastic. for listening, everybody. Bye, guys.